Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class every Sunday morning, posted on the internet or posted in our podcasts link at 9.30, which is the regular time for our Bible classes at the church building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha. Now, if you're in the area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person. But we know that a lot of people cannot be with us in person. Some may be shut in, may be handicapped in some way, and others are listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world. So we're thankful to have the opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to spread God's word on such a broad-based, in such a broad-based way through the medium of the internet over these podcasts. We're thankful that you're there and that you're listening, and we pray that you're in growing spiritually as you listen, because we know that faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So the more that we can help you get into God's word, then the stronger your faith should be becoming. And as a result of that, you should be learning God's will for your life and coming closer to God. Our ultimate prayer is that you will Make that decision, if you have not done so already, to come to him all the way through Jesus Christ, his son, your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ openly, and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood that is shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins, and you will become a new creation spiritually. Second Peter, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. You will have been reborn spiritually, John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. And of course, this is simply the teaching of Jesus Christ himself, Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. So we encourage you. We encourage you also to help other people whom you know go through this same process of learning God's word by getting into his word regularly. So share these lessons with them, with everybody you can. Your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally with everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody come to God and get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So share through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological uh, means. We encourage you to do that. Now, we also encourage you to tell others to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. We keep emphasizing that. It will always be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. So when somebody signs up for our podcast, for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whatever it is, their smartphone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it is, automatically they will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and they will receive what I really believe is a wonderful, short, about a 13-minute long Bible study every day called Today's Bible Class. Gets us into God's Word seven days a week. Now, again, short time, just about 13 minutes, but it gets us into God's Word and thereby helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and also helps us to maintain a more spiritual 
and positive mindset to be able to deal with life every day. But they'll also receive our Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. A lot of Bible study resource material available to anybody who wants to take advantage of it for free. Now, while at our website, churchofchrist.com, they can also, for free, download hundreds of sermons and listen to them. Many of those are now posted in video format as well as audio format. They can also download, read, study through hundreds of biblically-based and spiritually-focused articles. Again, all of that is there for anybody who wants to take advantage of it, and it's free. So we encourage you to encourage others to do exactly that. Take advantage of it and grow spiritually thereby. Grow in their faith, Romans 10 and verse 17. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Exodus. In fact, we're going to finish that study today. We have studied through the early history of first mankind and then that bloodline that would become the nation of Israel, whose bloodline would be that through which the Savior would come into the world by God's guidance. But we've also studied that early history of the Israelite people themselves. And so Moses has led them out of Egyptian bondage into the wilderness to Mount Sinai. God is giving them the law. He's shaping and molding them into the nation that he wants them to be, the people he wants them to be. And he's about to send them to the promised land that he promised, that land that he promised to their forefathers going all the way back to Abraham. But God promised to give that land to their descendants, Abraham's descendants, Isaac's descendants, Jacob's descendants. And so now it's time. God wants to give that land. He wants to lead his people, the Israelites, into that land that he promised to their forefathers hundreds and hundreds of years before. Now, we left off with chapter 34, and I've been doing some skipping through these last Oh, quite a number of chapters here, because as I said, we're going through a lot of specific details that God gave, gave the, the Israelites, gave to Moses and through Moses, the, the Israelites, as to how he wanted things done. Uh, special holy days, feasts, um, how he, he wanted how he wanted them to uh, equip themselves basically to be his people and to follow him, prayers for this and prayers for that and so on. Well, in chapter 35, beginning there, then he starts giving Sabbath regulations, offerings for the tabernacle, articles of the tabernacle. Now, at this point, God has given the Israelites instructions as to how to build the tabernacle. Now, this tabernacle would be we would look at it and say, well, the closest thing that, that we would liken it to would be a tent. But it would be a tent that would be more formidable than we normally think of as a tent that is basically made all of cloth and then has some uh, anchor lines fashioned through it and then attached to pegs that we drive into the ground. Now, this would be more, more of a structure than that. But it would at the same time be collapsible, it would be portable, and as they would move from place to place, they could break it down and carry it with them and then reset it back up. 
Well, God gives very specific instructions, as he has been doing over the last several chapters, about various matters that he wants the Israelites to prepare and pay attention to and then keep over the next hundreds of years till the Savior would come. And so now he's giving them very specific instructions as to how God wants them to build the tabernacle. And that would go all the way to the point of how it would be adorned and also what would be in it, uh, section it into different sections and so on. So articles of the tabernacle, uh, the artisans called by God, those men who would actually work on the different features of its construction, the people, they gave more than enough to build the tabernacle to construct it. Chapter 30, 36 says, Moses called Bezalel and Holiab and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred at, to come and do the work. So God blessed these men. Can we see God's providence there? Blessing them ahead of time while they were still in Israel to be instructed in these particular skills, which now God would guide them to use in the construction of the tabernacle. And the tabernacle would serve as a place of God's presence among the people and basically a place of worship. So they received from Moses all the all offering which the, which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. The people kept bringing free will offerings. Now, is that not how God has instructed that his people worship him through the church in giving, giving? to God through the church so the church can do the work that God has instructed that we do in spreading the gospel all over the world? Well, see, it goes way back. It's not something new to Christianity. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing, and they spoke to Moses saying, the people bring more than enough for the service of the work which the, which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment. And they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing. They were restrained from bringing? They were restrained from giving. Now, can you imagine that? <laughs> they were giving so much that the workers, the craftsmen who were doing the construction of the tabernacle had to tell Moses, you need to stop them. They're bringing more than enough, we, more than we can use. For the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, too much. Too much giving? <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Well, it should be the outward expression, but also the inner worship, the inward worship of the person to give back to God bountifully from the blessings that God has bestowed upon them in material form. Then we can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 along that line. Part of our worship to God as the Lord's church today, as Christians, is to give back to him from what he has blessed us with to begin with. Well, so the building of the tabernacle began and continued. 
and the making of the Ark of the Testimony, very special article to be placed within the, ta- within the tabernacle. The making of the table for the shewbread, again, very important. The gold lampstand, making the altar of incense, again, a place where incense would be offered to God in worship. The altar of the burnt offering, and again, animal sacrifices being offered to God. Now, what was the purpose of that? Well, God would allow the animal sacrifices to be offered as kind of a substitute for a period of time, but only because God already had in his plan that he would offer his own son as the perfect one-time-for-all-time final sacrifice. You can read about that in Hebrews chapter 7, and, and verses uh, ver- beginning with verse 27. But in Old Testament times, it was animal sacrifices. And so the court of the tabernacle, everything about the tabernacle, God gave specific, definite design for to Moses, and that he would pass those on to the workers, the craftsmen, who would then perform the work in constructing the tabernacle. Well, let's go on down to chapter 40. This is the last chapter in the, in, in the book of Exodus, and we'll read through that. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. You shall put in it the ark of the testimony and partition off the ark and, and, and partition off the ark with the veil. You shall bring in the table and arrange the things that are to be set in order on it, and you shall bring in the lampstand and the and light its lamps. You shall also set the altar of gold for the incense before the ark of the testimony and put up the screen for the door of the tabernacle. Then you shall set the altar of the burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, and you shall set the laver between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar and put water in it. You shall set up the court all around and hang up the screen all the court hang up the screen at the court gate. See again, very specific and detailed instructions. Verse 9, you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it, and you shall hallow it and all its utensils, and it shall be holy. So God's saying the tabernacle itself is going to be holy. You shall anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all its utensils and consecrate the altar. The altar shall be most holy. Interesting phrase there. And you shall anoint the laver with its base and consecrate it. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and wash them with water. Wash Aaron and his sons. Aaron would be the high priest. His sons would be priests under him. And you shall put the holy garments on Aaron and anoint him and consecrate him that he may minister to me as priests. And you shall bring his sons and clothe them with tunics. You shall anoint them as you anointed their father and that they may minister to me as priests. For their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Thus Moses did 
according to all that the Lord had commanded him, so he did. Now, now let me ask this question. What if Moses, in listening to and gathering all of these specific detailed instructions from God, would have listened intently, but then just decided on his own, you know, I think we can streamline this situation. I think we can cut corners here and over there. I think maybe we can do some things better that would be more relevant to what God wants us to do here. What if he had had that kind of a mindset? Well, of course, Moses would have been rebelling against God. And I'm confident that God would have stepped in and straightened Moses out. But Moses did not have that kind of a mindset. He accepted everything that God instructed him to do. And he set about to make sure it was done just that way. Interesting. Interesting. Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. So he did. Verse 16. And it came to pass in the first month of the second year, in the first day of the month, that the tabernacle was raised up. What a glorious day that must have been for the Israelites. So Moses raised up the tabernacle, fastened its sockets, set up its boards, put in, it, put in its bars, and raised up its pillars. And he spread out the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent on top of it as the Lord had commanded Moses. Again, exactly as God had instructed him. He took the testimony and put it into the ark, inserted the poles through the rings of the ark, and put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle. This is the ark of the covenant. We're not talking about a boat here. We're talking about, well, you might think of it as a box with, with images mounted upon it, images of angels hung up the veil of the covering and partitioned off the ark of the testimony as the Lord had commanded Moses. And that part of the tabernacle wherein God instructed Moses to place the ark of the covenant, well, that was a very special place. And only the high priest could enter into that compartment of the tabernacle. He put the table in the tabernacle of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil. And he set the bread in order upon it before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. Again, just as God had commanded him, Moses obeyed. He put the lampstand in the tabernacle of meeting across from the table on the south side of the tabernacle. He lit the lamps before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the gold altar in the tabernacle of meeting in front of the veil, and he burned sweet incense on it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He hung up the screen of the door or at the door of the tabernacle, and he put the altar of burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and offered upon it the burnt offering and the grain offering as the Lord had commanded Moses. You see, over and over again, we read that Moses did as the Lord had commanded him. Moses was obedient to God's instructions. He was obedient to God as he followed obediently, God's instructions. We might think of what Jesus said three times in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. He repeated it again in verse 21 and again in verse 23. And then in verse 30, we come back to Exodus chapter 40. 
He set the laver between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, put water there for washing, and Moses, Aaron, and his sons would wash their hands in and their feet with water from it. Very specific washing. Whenever they went into the tabernacle of meeting and when they came near the altar, they washed as the Lord had commanded Moses. This was something that they were to do on a repeated basis. And he raised up the court all around the tabernacle and the altar and hung up the screen of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Oh my, a lot of work went into this. A lot of specific details into all of the preparation that God had instructed Moses to pass on to the people as to how he wanted their worship to be set up before him, but also as to how God wanted Moses to tell the workmen, the craftsmen, to construct the ark in every detail. Now, the last few verses of this chapter, then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting. The tabernacle was completed now. It was erected. And so now God moves in, so to speak. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now, was God not there in their presence before that? Of course he was. And God is with his people, his true followers, his obedient and faithful followers, all of the time. Remember that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time at the same time. And he's omniscient, all-seeing, all-knowing, all the time. God was with the Israelites, but now this was a special this was a special tabernacle that was to symbolize God's presence among them. And so the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now that was, again, a sign that God was there in the presence of his people. Verse 36, whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. So that was an outward visible sign when the cloud would be taken up above the tabernacle, from above the tabernacle, then that was God's instruction, it's time to get moving. Follow further on your journey now. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. Well, for that massive body of humanity to travel was an incredible undertaking. Again, we're talking about probably one to three million precious souls Can you imagine giving them the word and all of them beginning to set out on a journey at the same time? So God would say, God instructed Moses, when God would remove the cloud from above the tabernacle, he wanted the people to start moving further toward the promised land. When the cloud would remain 
over the top of the tabernacle. They were to just stay in camp. If the cloud was not taken up, verse 37, they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day. Something they could see by day. The presence, I think we're to understand the symbolic presence of God. Right there in their midst. Now notice this though. And fire was over it, that is over the tabernacle by night. In the the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Well, it would be difficult to see a cloud in the darkness of night, wouldn't it? Well, God understood that. Obviously, he knows everything. And so he replaced the cloud at night by fire over the tabernacle at night. But then during the daytime, it would be the cloud. And those would be signs to the people that God was there among them. How blessed we are to know through his word, the scriptures, that God is here among us if we are walking faithfully and obediently before him according to his teachings, and that he is waiting for us to join him in heaven as our home for all of eternity. How blessed we are to be loved by God, to be allowed to love him, and to walk with him and have him walk with us every day. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, to you be the glory, the honor, the praise, and the thanks for all the blessings that you bestow upon us. Help us to keep in mind that the spiritual blessings are the most important ones. They're the richest, most abundant, and have the farthest reaching effects. But we thank you for all your blessings, and we need your blessings every second of every day. Please continue to bless us always. We give you the glory, the honor, the praise, and the thanks. Thank you for having your inspired writers write down for us the accounts that we have been studying through in your word as instruction for us, but also encouragement and promise and hope. Again, we give you the praise, Father. Please forgive us, we pray, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.